Welcome to Rugged Theology, a Mile One Mission podcast where we talk theology, church planting, and drink coffee. Welcome to Rugged Theology. This is our inaugural podcast of Mile One Mission based in St. John's, Newfoundland. My name is Steve Daw. I'm the Director of Education for Mile One Mission. And my name is Stephen Bray. I get the privilege to be the lead elder at Calvary Baptist Church and also the Executive Director of Mile One Mission here in St. John's. And I'm Matt Leahy. I am a church planter for Mile One, planting a church out in Kilbride called Kilbride Community Church. And my name is David Drover, and I'm an intern with Mile One. My name is Adam Diamond, and I'm also an intern with Mile One Mission, helping to church plant. So our main idea for today, our big question, is going to be, why plant churches in Newfoundland? So does anybody want to answer that? Why not? Done. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you wow. go. There you why did we pick it up for? Are you riveted by Rugged Theology's podcast? <laughs> Tune in again Perfect. next week. Okay. I guess I guess maybe I should start um, since this is a little bit of my journey, and you guys are all a part of that. In regard, if someone were to ask me why Newfoundland, it's because I believe that the gospel need in St. John's, Newfoundland, in particular, is probably one of the tragically best kept secrets of our country as Canada. When you tell someone that a province and a city as old and as culturally rich as Newfoundland with a religious heritage is less than 1% attending evangelical churches, I have yet to have it happen where someone said, oh yeah, I knew that. They almost immediately look at me and go, what? No, that can't be true. Your math is wrong or something else is wrong. Or how old St. John's? So St. John's is now over 500 years old. Uh, it was established by John Cabot in 1497. And so, uh, you know, we would claim, although other, there's uh, definitely some folks in Quebec and some folks in Mexico would uh, like to argue with us about whether or not we are the oldest city in North America. It is something that we claim to be. Um, and Christianity, or religion, has had a very rich heritage here. It's been here since... Nearly put on 500 years. Absolutely. So 500 years and 1%. Well, I mean, you have to recognize, too, the religious climate of Newfoundland is kind of a little different than a lot of other places in mm. North America. Uh, we're closer to Quebec in some ways this mm. way because we've had a very strong uh, link between the state and the church. Mm. I mean, for the first so many centuries of Newfoundland, for example, it was illegal to be a Catholic in the within the bounds of St. John's and then because of its close reliance on the Anglican Church. Mm. And then once the Catholic Church came in here, the Catholic Church tended to have a very, also a very strong association with our government. So uh, as a result, we, we've had a lot of religious culture around it. But again, when it came to evangelical Christianity, it doesn't seem to have been quite as strong. So with that said, uh, obviously, and when we say less than 1% attending evangelical, we're not including Roman Catholics or Anglican, Anglicans yeah. in that. Well, uh, unless you actually are an Anglican who uh, expresses some form of the evangel, I don't think it's correct to actually uh, count you as an evangelical. And I mean, to be fair, most people in, in these churches 
would not claim to be evangelical. They would claim to be Christian of some form, but that's different than saying, uh, I believe in, uh, I am an evangelical. Now, I mean, generally speaking, evangelical has become a less acceptable term around North America, which actually helps us to, you know, kind of differentiate our kind of, tri our tribe, our background of Christianity, as opposed to other groups that, you know, kind of liberal Christians or uh, Catholic Christians or other groups who would claim the moniker of Christian who wouldn't agree with us, say, on biblical inerrancy, yeah. on the necessity of coming to faith, saving faith in Jesus Christ. But even that 1%, that's particular for St. John's. Like the, the statistics do change the farther outside of St. John's you go, like central and... Well, the rest of the province is different in the fact that you come to the East Coast and you, you right off the bat, you have a more Roman Catholic and Anglican presence mm -hmm. than the rest of the province. I, well, except for maybe the West Coast of the province yep. is, again, a little more Catholic. But the more uh, central you go to, to the in, inland of the island, uh, you have a bit of an Anglican presence and not so much of a prominent Roman Catholic presence. Uh, I grew up in the central part of the island, and uh, you know I've lived on the west coast. I've lived central, obviously, and now I'm out here on the east coast. And I find the east coast vastly different from the rest of the province, and the and the heritage that's passed down through uh, Roman Catholic Catholicism and uh, Anglicanism. You know, it's it's crazy how deep it runs in comparison to what I grew up with on the same island. Well, and though we need to be careful here because when we say that the rest of the island, geographically, I mean, the rest of the island is far more than just St. John's. But, I mean, about 50% of the population of the entire province Lives live within an hour of where we're sitting. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we had that census put out and it said, as I believe it was 52% of the population is on this peninsula that we find ourselves on. Right. Which just it blows my mind. Though, and it's also not surprising then that we have a stronger focus on, say, this more uh, staid institutional forms of Christianity in St. John's, because, of course, St. John's has always been the capital of Newfoundland. Uh, Newfoundland, uh, I mean, most of our listeners may know this or may not, Newfoundland was its own country until 1949. That's uh, right, yeah. So we're, we're, we're a different duck in a lot of ways. And the capital city then of St. John's wasn't just the capital of a province it was the capital of a country yeah and then on top of that i mean we have such a, a unique history because most people would think when they they think newfoundland would think st john's but i was actually raised in a little community called harbor race mm -hmm. which was actually the capital of this you know province slash country at the time until the great fire when it finally moved into st john's but the seat, the seat of uh, Newfoundland was Harbor Grace for, for a period of time. Well, some of, I mean, it, it moved back and forth between Harbor Grace and St. John's mm. for a hundred years or so. But, I mean, for example, the governor's office and colonial building, they're all in downtown St. John's. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I want to come back to the question, though. I, don't, I just want to put Steve on the spot. So why Mile One Mission and why focus on St. John's? Yeah, so... Obviously, I was born and raised in Newfoundland. Um, then God called my wife and I and our family to Prince Edward Island. And in regards to Atlantic Canada, if you think in terms of Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Prince Edward Island, I was shocked as a boy raised in St. John's 
um, because, you know, I was raised in a religious school system. You know, my parents were, were Protestant, Anglicans. Um, so, of course, I went to a Protestant school. Uh, I, I even remember in my upbringing, you know, we'd have uh, four times a year or so, we'd actually go to an Anglican church for some sort of uh, gathering of the school students, and we were part of that. And yet my neighbors were Catholic, and they got on a different bus. same bus would come down uh, the street, and my friends would get on one bus, and I would get on a different bus, and we'd be bused to two different places. Um, and then, uh, you know, grew up, my parents uh, came to Jesus Christ two weeks apart when I was about five years old. And then my father did the unthinkable and became a Baptist, which, quite frankly, nobody in Newfoundland <laughs> really even knew what that was. So to be honest with you, my formidable years, I almost felt like a lot of people would think most people, both family and friends, I had the feeling that I was a part of a cult. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a part of, you know, kind of some sort of accepted or known yeah. religion. Well, I mean, it's important to recognize, uh, as Steve pointed out, I mean, some of the younger people in the room might not recognize this. Until 1997... All schools in Newfoundland and Labrador That's right. were religious, yeah. uh, but they were affiliated with one of the major denominations. And there's only like five denominations that people would recognize in Newfoundland and Labrador, being Roman Catholic, Anglican, United, Pentecostal, or Salvation Army. That's right. The last two being the evangelical kind of camp, for, yeah. which meant that the first three are about like 95% of the population right. of St. John's. Yeah, and most it's... people today don't, I mean, you talk to them, they don't know what a Baptist is still because it's so it's it's not prominent in Newfoundland. I think we're heading into the world where that almost doesn't matter. Uh, in fact, sometimes these labels can hurt us, not help us, with our Christianity. However, back to Matt's thing in regards to the subject matter for today. Um, you know, the Lord was in my life, called me to ministry, uh, married my childhood sweetheart. Um, my second ministry was in Prince Edward Island. And so I was there for 15 years, but always have had a passion and a burden for, for Newfoundland, sp specifically for St. John's. As Christ was working in my life and I was growing and maturing as a dad and as a pastor, and I would visit my home because we would come back to Newfoundland practically every year. Um, and then I started to look around me in the city of St. John's and just started realizing how few churches there were and then I would start trying to, to ask questions to people and finding out who attended and then I've always been a numbers guy and so I just started adding up numbers in my head and thought wait a second this this city isn't as evangelical as I thought it was and so in 2015 Calvary Baptist Church here in St. John's asked me and my wife to come and for me to be the pastor and so basically for the entire year of 2015 I just got to know Calvary, and then I got to know my city. And I had the joy, Steve Daw um, had interned at Grace Baptist Church in PEI with me and then came back here, and wouldn't you know it, the Lord would bring us together in ministry here at Calvary, and Steve's got a mind for this stuff, um, and so Steve started to really unpack it, the all of the churches, not just evangelical churches, but all the churches, and I'll let him talk about the numbers, but bottom line is by the end of 2015, Steve and I had figured out that the evangelical landscape of St. John's was actually no different than that of Montreal. And Montreal has been for probably the last two decades 
been promoted in our country as the place with the greatest need for the gospel. Now, of course, that's that's kind of a new thing for Newfoundland as well. I mean, the fact is, back when denominational education was powerful, there probably would have been more people who would have called themselves mm -hmm. at least some form of evangelical. You would have even seen some of the people in the camps, like the Roman Catholic Church or within the Anglican Church, who would have at least identified partially with evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. The difficulty came in once the denominational education system ended, once our more religious-based uh, healthcare system ended, yeah. uh, fewer people had a background in faith. And I mean, this is kind of a cautionary tale for people who like to imagine that putting the state and the church together are a good, is a good idea, because once the state had turned against the churches, a lot of the churches lacked uh, the infrastructure to be able to train another generation in Christian faith. And the result's been uh, pretty much what we see here in St. John's. Yeah. And I think, you know, David's here. Um, I mean, I'm 48, David's 22. And things that right now, Steve, because Steve's in his mid-40s. So for any of our listening audience, you can see this, because all five of us around this table are all Newfoundlanders. And yet, what Steve and I just spent the last five minutes, seven minutes talking about and trying to answer your question, Matt, mm. Dave would look at us and go, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yep. And that's how quickly it changed. Because when I was 22, there was a real sense of religious identity in the city of St. John's. Absolutely. Because as Steve mentioned, you either, if you were Protestant, you went to the Grace Hospital. If you were Catholic, you went to St. Clair's. Mm -hmm. The health science was like this modern anti-religious hospital in the middle of the city by the university. <laughs> um, but I mean, everywhere you went inside this city, you had a religious identity mm -hmm. and in just from 1997 to 2020 which is you know again about roughly 23 years that has changed which is your yeah. lifetime yeah and actually i was born in 1997 right that was actually my birth year so I'm, I'm very much the very end of that and also the beginning of what's new and i think that is a very good point like a lot of people our age in that kind of young adult college high school bracket um, we really don't necessarily from from people i've talked to really understand you know what what the gospel is what church is meant to be um that it's not just some cultural thing the history behind it there's a lot missing um just from even a teaching educational standpoint well i mean to be fair to the the secular people in newfoundland and labrador the thing is in newfoundland it is actually a very strongly cultural thing sure. because i mean if you look at the even our the motto of the province is from the Gospel of Matthew. That's right. mm -hmm. uh, now, of course, there's been movements within our uh, within the politics to try and have that removed. And if you go to the Federation Building, you can look around. You won't find too many places where it says "Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness," mm -hmm. though that is our motto. So, just a sum: uh, Why Newfoundland? Uh, is it fair to say, guys, that there's five of us who love Jesus? We see the need in the city. And the, indeed the province, and we just want to see his kingdom expand. Yeah, well, again, the, the finish, the, for me to finish your question, Matt, earlier, this after Steve and I discovered what the actual numbers or how big the need was, and then I think, pro, again, because of God's grace on a journey that Steve and I both were going on in regards to the mission of the church, as we studied, when we knew what the need was in St. John's, and then we started looking at churches themselves that are here and what, are, what is their health, we noticed an amazing trend. We saw the influence of mainland Canada and, dare I say, the United States, even upon 
the two evangelical denominations that we would call we would recognize in Pentecostalism and the Salvation Army, where churches no longer were in neighborhoods, they were no longer integrated into people's everyday lives. They were almost big buildings, um, and they were landmark locations that people all had to travel to. Kind of like a come and see instead of a go and tell. Yeah, yeah and and but had really lost touch, I think, yeah. with neighborhoods, and so. When Mile One Mission came about, it really came about as a product of reading through the New Testament and really coming back to what is the mission of the church and what is most effective and what embraces the kind of culture of Newfoundland. We are a communal people. We like mm. to know each other. We want to spend time with each other. We want to help each other. We, I grew up in a world where when my mom was out of a can of milk, her first thought wasn't to go to the store. It was to send me next door. You know, we, we helped each other. We helped each other cut wood. We helped each other, these types of things. And so we then launched this idea of Mile One from Calvary, which was going to free. So Calvary doesn't have a vision to be a bigger church and a bigger church and a bigger church with bigger buildings and fancier programs. And, you know, everybody come to a church almost like they would go to the Avalon Mall. Our vision is to plant churches in neighborhoods that are probably only going to be 50, 60, 75, 100 people, yeah. but they'll all be from that neighborhood. And there will be a sense by which a neighborhood knows there is a faith presence among them. And of course, it's important too to remember that, I mean, one of the reasons that I returned to Newfoundland, I was working in South Korea. I was part of a fairly large church in Seoul. Uh, shout out to Sarang Ekiwe. But I recognized that when I was talking to my family back in Newfoundland, I was born and raised an Anglican, I would talk to them about what the gospel actually means, you know, salvation through Jesus Christ, uh, faith alone through, uh, by grace alone, through, uh, uh, not by works of the law, to the glory of God alone. They had no idea about that. I mean, I had family members who I would, who I would refer to parts of scripture like uh, Romans, uh, 828, uh, my favorite verse, and they wouldn't even be able to locate Romans in a Bible, mm -hmm. though they had actually spent their entire lives going to churches. Uh, mm -hmm. there, was a there was a very thin veneer of Christianity over the top of Newfoundland, and then when the undergirding left, it was gone. And so when I, I realized that in Korea, they don't need me here. They've got lots of people mm -hmm. preaching the gospel. Yeah. But here in Newfoundland, they needed people who would preach the gospel. And so I came back. And that was a big part of mine. In Prince Edward Island, I was in a, in a city with, what, 35,000 people, and they had um, 36 or 37 churches. So there was a one church for every 900-plus people. And in Newfoundland, I think there's 72 or 76 well, churches. Well, in St. John's, there's uh, <clears throat> yeah, in the 74 John's. total churches right. for about... What a quarter of a million people exactly. So, and when you do the math on that, it blew my mind. Right? And on George Street, which is known one of our right. most favorite parts, yeah. we have 40 bars alone. On uh, what a half a kilometer, yeah, it's like 500 meters. Yeah, and, and we are the bar capital of the country. There are four or five pubs for every 10,000 human beings in this city. Yeah, so, so I mean, we, have, we have more pubs and bars than we do. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Like but it's interesting when, when, Dave, when, when Steve talks, and again, where Dave, Dave jump in here as the youngest. Dave, Steve, you talked about people who gone to church all their lives but didn't know stuff. But then I remember when I first met Dave, and Dave on his journey to faith in Christ and stuff like that, 
you would come at it and say, my, my whole peer group doesn't even know the Bible, doesn't, like, takes it all for granted. They're just living for themselves. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, kind of, even again, when we, we talked about just the difference between 90, 1997 and the school system and all that stuff, I mean, I think I could go to pretty much anybody I grew up with in high school, and if I were to ask them real, genuine questions about the Bible, about any of the books, about who Jesus was, I mean, at most, I would guess that they would probably just say, people believe that he was God, and that's probably about as much as that they could tell me. So there's real no, and even in their, their understanding of the gospel, it wouldn't, it would probably be much more in a legalistic sense, well, you know, you do good things, and therefore you earn God's favor, or or that kind of strand of thing, which I think is just very popular with um, how a lot of people view the gospel here in that kind of cultural sense. Yeah. It's like they hold to some kind of religious standpoint, but they hold kind of lightly as if it's a very fragile thing. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I believe in God. I say my prayers. Mm-hmm. Very cult- the cultural. Yeah, I mean, because Matt, you're, you're, again, right? So you got someone who's 22. Adam, you're 31. 30, 31, yeah. 31. You're in your late 30s, right, Matt? I think I'm 38 this year. Right, yeah. So, But you're also from the shore, <laughs> right? Your upbringing is from the shore. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, again, I think the shore would be very different from St. John's. You know, CBS, Topsail Chamberlain's very different from St. John's. And then, if you're from Rabbit Town, that is different than if you're from Cowan Heights. If you're Absolutely. from Shea Heights, that is not the same as being from Kenmount Terrace. And all bets are off if you're from Mount Pearl, because that is not St. John's. No. Like, few people in outside of St. John's, even in parts of Newfoundland, would not understand. But again, think about, because you're from, you're from the Bay. Yeah. I, yeah. Steve and I are from around the Bay. Like, we have classifications and yeah. terminologies and names for everybody. My, my wife is a Monday Pond girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Bayman. I mean, that's I grew up with that. When I moved, when my parents moved into St. John's, when I was 12 years old, and I was making friends, everybody said, "Oh, he's a Bayman. He's well, from the Bay." Right? And you're from Harbor Grace, which was different right. from me from Bay Roberts. I was a Baywop, and we right. honestly <laughs> we we actually kind of disliked people from Harbor Grace. Oh, and that feeling was mutual. Yeah. <laughs> it's like and a 10 minute drive. Right. Exactly. Every, everybody around this table hates me because I'm a townie. Absolutely. We don't hate each other, boys. Well, no, not now. But what I'm saying, and again, but it, even that is for our listening audience that's not from St. John's yeah. or from Newfoundland to understand. <clears throat> this is also how Newfoundlanders talk. Mm-hmm. We talk like that. I dies at you. I hate you. Or go on by. Like to watch five guys that are from Newfoundland sit around a table and have a have a yak, as we would say it. Most people looking in would wonder, like, there's no way they're friends. Yeah. Uh, they're no. insulting each other, they're yelling, their voices are raised, they're going at each other, they're but scrapping. Sarcasm's flattery here. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so why Newfoundland yeah. is not only the need, but the culture's so unique that the, the big burden we've had is to raise up Newfoundlanders, mm-hmm. to reach Newfoundlanders. Yeah. And then finally, that we can't do it on our own. Mm-hmm. So we need, do need other people to come here and join us, whether it's more interns or more church planters, whether it's people that will pray for us or people that will help partner with us financially. But well, even the people that we're bringing in here, yeah. this discussion right here, for the, the, a listener that's not from Newfoundland going, okay, I only understood about half of what this podcast was all about. 
for even the way these guys were all talking. Right. We'll get the translation up tomorrow. Right. right. Yeah. But what I'm saying is this is why Mile One Mission exists, why Newfoundland is not just to plant churches, but in getting people in, they've got to come and they've got to learn this culture. They've got to know all of these nuances because if you don't know it, Newfoundlanders will not think you're for real. Nobody. Well, <laughs> can I jump on that just for a second? Because as, as I've been listening, um, probably a little bit more than, than talking myself, but listening to the different um, conversation about why Newfoundland, we've talked so much about, about need, and that's absolutely important, and that's absolutely like why Newfoundland, but there's also in that sphere of why Newfoundland, there's that element of, I think everybody around this table, we've heard from some of you like about how you've been you've been almost called here or you've been brought here from different places and that we're all more or less from here and that there's a burden from all of us about mm-hmm. this place it's Absolutely. not just it's not just about well i mean you can make the argument well the gospel isn't in other parts well yeah but we're burdened for newfoundland right so right. When I think about yeah, no, why no. newfoundland it's it's because that's what god's called us to it's what we're burdened for we've mm-hmm. we've been born here we're raised here we love this city yeah. Maybe this might be another day for an, an, another podcast, but just quickly as I go around the room looking at who's who's sitting here. So, Steve Duh, you have the, we all have the burden to, to see the right. gospel expand here, but you just mentioned you came back from South Korea. Yep. Steve, you came from PEI. God called me back to Newfoundland from Australia. Adam was called back or called here from the Bay, which is another world in and of itself. <laughs> I, I came from Central, boys. Right? And, and Dave, hey, listen. You're, you're, I'm just raising talent. You're, you're just, so you're just, yeah, right? <laughs> he, he, was, he was already here. Like, he, was, he was already ahead of us, right? So, yeah. yeah. Though, I mean, I, I just wanted to add, too, according to the, uh, to the need here. I, it's not just that we need, you know, people to learn the, the promises. We need people who know the gospel mm-hmm. to do that, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I just just noticing the way that people didn't know uh, the depth uh, the depth and breadth of the work of God through through the word we need people who actually know the word yeah. we need people who care deeply about the gospel and who want to know about it and that's why here we even train our guys yeah. through mm-hmm. theological things to understand Amen. things like you know propitiation and what the debate actually is about penal substitutionary atonement and yeah. things like that. Well, even more primary than that, Steve, let's be honest, and let, 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 let the whole world know, both in Newfoundland and out, that we are a group of people who want to see the gospel preached and proclaimed in St. John, but we actually believe that the Bible is the Bible. It is the Word of God. Mm, we believe it's the Word of God from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. We don't open the Bible to hopefully find God's Word. We open the Bible because it is God's Word. We're unashamed of that. We're unapologetic about it. And yet, I also think St. John's needs to see true Christianity in the sense that it's not stuck up. It's not arrogant. It's not proud. It is immensely patient. Mm. Everybody is wanted. We long for everybody. Mm -hmm. We have a desire to get into people's lives and feel their hearts and their pains that truth is not afraid of a question, that we're patient, that we're not here as practitioners of professional theology, but as sinners who have been saved by grace. You know, you guys have heard me say, right, as Carson said, we are beggars who found food who want to tell other beggars where to find it. Yes. Um, And so, you know, our desire, why Newfoundland, is because not only do I think the gospel need is here, not only do I think we have a very unique culture that needs to be really... Um, thought through and not be ashamed of but embraced Mm. but also because I think the version of religion that's been here for far too long 
has been one of works-based, pride-motivated, shame culture that doesn't make a sense. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Right, and that hasn't hasn't or, taken the time to make sense that Jesus is not put off because we're broken, hurt, questioning, doubting people. Or, and, and that's been more in the evangelical sphere, but in the kind of institutional sphere, it's just been, well... You, you were born this way, so you're obviously a Christian. So right, yeah. Which, which no Dave has talked a lot about. And, I, you know, on future podcasts, I think we'll get into Adam's life. Because, Adam, you're different from me. I was raised in, in a Baptist world, basically. Yeah. Which, as I said, I have felt like I was raised in a cult in Newfoundland. You were raised in a Pentecostal world, which was one of those five accepted religions. Steve was raised in an Anglican world. Matt, you were raised in a Catholic world. Semi. Right? And yeah. then Dave, you were really kind of almost raised in a non-church world. Yeah, it was it was it was weird because I I mean to be honest too, as I was a kid growing up, we kind of floated around from mm-hmm. like a bunch of different places. So I've gotten tastes of some of the more major evangelical spheres, but in that sense too, that was from basically just a Sunday perspective. And then like you said, there was the world perspective where the rest of the six days of the week was basically everything but church. Yeah. So it was a it was a weird mix, but so boys, final thoughts. We need people to plant churches in Newfoundland. This is why. <laughs> yeah, and we definitely need prayer and patience and understanding. Um, and for anybody in Newfoundland that might listen to this podcast, I hope that they know we're not the great hope of St. John's. We're not. The guys who have figured oh, this out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's aptly named rugged theology, isn't it? Um, but that we have a genuine desire to simply display the transforming power of the gospel that we've experienced into the lives of others. And we're here because we feel this is a calling, as Dave, you mentioned. Um, but I also hope that this podcast can become an encouragement um, to, from the youngest to the oldest, males and females, to look in and go, okay, this is five guys being honest. Yep. on their journey, five guys struggling with uh, the Word of God and how to live it out, and yet five guys that, that really believe God is God, Jesus is Jesus, that it's worth uh, doing. Jesus is God. Jesus is God, fully God, fully fully man. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a deep desire for men and women in Newfoundland to know their Bibles and be able to talk about the big, deep, beautiful things of God Mm -hmm. and not always feel like, well, that's for an elite group of people often who don't live here to talk about and they don't understand us. Some of the smartest, wisest, most intelligent people I've ever interacted with are Newfoundlanders and Labradorians. Mm -hmm. And I really want to see them talk about God like they, they can. That's good. Yeah, we yeah. shouldn't be turned off by that at all. I mean, we're all able to mm. worship God. We're all able to talk about who God is. Yeah. We're all able to read His Word. So, I mean, there's no reason why we shouldn't encourage people to, you know, investigate and dig deeper into who God is, mm. how He works, you know, His desires for us, His, his plans for us. Mm. And hopefully we can do that through this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I just want to say, too, like, I'm just really excited to, you know, go on this journey with with you guys and also whoever listens because I mean as Steve said part of the thing that we want to do is is educate people who come here to plant churches and that kind of thing and I think mm-hmm. you know what a great opportunity for us to learn from each other mm-hmm. um, but also for hopefully you guys to participate and um, 
we can all go down this journey of yeah. loving our Savior more. Well, thanks, guys, and uh, thanks to those of you who are listening. Uh, hopefully this will uh, be edifying and beneficial, and see you next time. If you want to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at mileonemission.ca.